Welcome into a special edition of the CFF Site Show. We are joined by my partner, Mike Bainbridge, and we have a special guest tonight, Eric Froton. You can find Eric on Twitter at CF Froton. That's F-R-O-T-O-N. He's with NBC Sports. Eric, you invited us in on the G5 P5 uh, best ball drafts that was a 10-day marathon event, man. So, so Mike and I, thank you for inviting us in on that. Those are always fun. But Mike, Eric, we wanted to kind of get together. Prize Picks just released their player props for the 2022 season. They just went up literally within a couple of hours. You guys were really first on the board. So, you know, this could be a real short and sweet show, but we want to be able to kind of get this out there because, you know, you guys hammered the prop plays last year, really did well. And so this right now coming out of the gate, we wait for these things to load. And uh, Mike, you know, I'll throw it over to you. Prize picks, just putting them up within the hour. And you and Eric have had a chance to really spend some time and dig into them a little bit. Yeah, they put them up within the hour. They just put them down from the website. They took them down from the website. And now as I refresh, they're already back up. So we are literally doing this off the cuff. Um, but we want to get you, uh, the subscribers, the viewers, the best plays possible. And, and that's what we aim to do today. Yep. And so, look, if we can, we'll try to get some screen sharing up there. I don't want to go too much back and forth of confusing everyone, particularly knowing that the site just went down and came back up again. Uh, Eric, you and Mike got in there early, man. So I know that there's a bunch of plays. You break out the Matt Liner jersey. You said it's a big day when that happens, man. So give us the scoop. What are you seeing early? Absolutely. we got some great lines out there uh, in the early going. First off, my number one the linchpin and, and the keystone is what I like to refer to them as with prize picks. Cause to remind the viewing audience prize picks, you have to make at least two picks. So unlike with DraftKings or FanDuel, you go and you can say, all right, I just, I like this play, this particular play. And I want to throw X amount of dollars on that with prize picks. You have to parlay essentially. So with that, um, you're always looking to cobble together the best plays that you can, as well as you want to have some multipliers because you can bet up to five uh, different players. And depending on how you do it, you know, you, you win three, you're still in the positive. You win four, you're doing great. You win five, you know, you're balling. You win 10 times your money. So that is basically the payout structure that you're looking at. So it's not just one play. You're looking to try to get as many as you can. And I, five, I got seven of them I like. Number one, CJ Stroud will go with here. Uh, he's at 3,632 and a half passing yards, okay? Favorite for the 2022 Heisman. Everybody knows who he is. He threw for 4,435 4, yards last year, 72% completion rate, okay? Got all the – sure, he loses Olave and Wilson, but they have an entire stable of first-round worthy wide receivers, Egbuka and Fleming in particular – with Marvin Harrison and obviously yep. Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm not going to see any letdown in terms of the pass-catching acumen that he's dealing with. And when it comes to uh, on a per-game basis of what this breaks down to, okay, if you look at what he did last year, all right, just what they averaged in terms of Ohio State on a, on a per-game basis, they threw for 381 yards per game. Stroud missed one game against Akron, but he's still in 12 games. That's 4,435 4, 4, yards. On a per-game basis, all right, times 12, 381, that's 4,572 yards if we're multiplying that per-game average to this year. And I don't think we're going to see much of a downtick. 
at least he's going to be in the 320 yards per game range. That is going to sail him over the 3,632.5 passing yards mark. So that is one of the quarterbacks that I really like. I'll let well, you know, one it, you know and, and that was something, you know, Mike, you and I talk about it all the time. And I know you and Eric bounce one uh, stuff off of one another as well. We've got CJ Stroud coming in on preseason projections at the 4,100 mark right now. Right. So we're even, we're well over that mark, uh, Eric, in which you you're on as well. And I know Mike, you know, the projections is, is a lot, you know, you guys use that tool a lot last year too, when making these plays with the props, uh, do you want to elaborate a little bit about that? Do you want to go to another play? Yeah, I'll go to another play. Yeah. Um, Caleb Williams is is one of my top plays, or, or my top play at the quarterback position. Um, you know, obviously last year with Oklahoma's kind of subpar standards, you know, for, for Lincoln Riley between, you know, rotating between Caleb Williams and, yep. and, and Spencer Rattler. But they still average as a team 265 yards uh, per game. And that would already put him over his current prop right now, which is 3,010 yards, right? And and props are just filtering back right now on the website, and he's still at the same prop. So if you can get on it now, hammer it. Um, but again, their low point last year under Lincoln Riley, still that average would still put him over uh, what his current prop is right now. The seven-year average before that, 327 yards per game. That would 800 yards over his prop currently right now. So Caleb Williams, easily my top play at the quarterback. Position. Yeah, and referencing the projections on Caleb uh, Williams, Mike, we've got him at 3481. So I think that's about a 12, 13-yard average more than what the prop number is set at right now. So Good point right there. Uh, Eric, are you still sticking with quarterbacks? Or are you going somewhere else on the board with the next play? Oh, there's plenty of value in the quarterback board. In fact, I, I like another over. In fact, this is my number one play, you know, and I'm right there with Mike and Caleb Williams. He makes excellent points, the 265 yards per game last year. And to keep in mind, like, like I said, that's the low watermark of the Lincoln Riley era. The previous low was 297 yards per game average. That was under Jalen Hurts. We know that Caleb Williams is going to be throwing. I, I, he has a similar skill set to Hurts, but man, even at the low water mark, you're blowing it away. I'm still Smash paying attention. Down. I'm still paying attention to you, Eric. But I'm going to look off screen and just place another bet because his prop is still at that same number right now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to move on to Sam Hartman while Mike places his wager. Savvy play. Uh, <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's right how here. we do it here, man. With all due respect to Mike, I, I do think Caleb Williams is a great play, but this is the play of the quarterback group. Sam Hartman, 3,045 yards, or 47 yards. That's 3047. Okay. Last year he threw for over 4,200. Okay. This is the Wake Forest offense. This is Dave Clawson. He's been there for over a decade. Okay. This is a top 10 offense in pace every single season he's got at perry back his main weapon down the sidelines he's got taylor morin back Keyshawn williams had a nice little uh stretch in the slot at the end of the season and donovan green who was their projected number one going into last season and got injured torn acl he's back fully healthy had a full year to recover i have no reservations whatsoever about sam hartman obliterating 
3,047. I'd be curious to hear what the CFF site has for him. We've got him at 3,610, Eric. So that means we're, that means prize picks have him projected 50 yards a game lower than where we have him projected. That is a huge, huge uh, disparity right there. And a That's great money, point. baby. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, guys need to have prize picks loaded up while they're listening to this show. We're going to try to get this up ASAP. Mike, let's go to you for another one, man. What's another one you saw? Uh, we're going to switch positions now. Okay. Um, top play for me overall, not just quarterbacks, uh, Chris Rodriguez. Now, his number has already dropped. We've already hammered it. Started out at 1,028 yards. It is down to 998 and a half. Wow. What is it? Okay. What is it now? Not enough. Only 30 yards. 30 Not yards. Nothing, right? Uh, 998 and a half uh, rushing yards for the season. We have no idea what Chris Rodriguez's status is right now. Zero. None. Could be two games. I guess it could be, you know, one, zero. But from reading four, the Kentucky message four, four, exactly. Reading the Kentucky message boards, their AD is fairly strict on, on any, uh, penalties i guess you could say for for uh a, a something like this matter um so we don't know at this point and as eric will always say you hunt 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 the unders okay especially with running backs with regards to injuries and the the ambiguity with regards to chris rodriguez situation it's 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 the best play of the entire uh, slate that we have here on prize pick. So um, that's my top play. And you know what? I don't know how you guys feel, but Ramon Jefferson is a hell of a transfer addition from Sam Houston state, I believe. And he's going to get the start for the first one, two, four games. Um, Does he give it away? Does he give it back to Chris Rodriguez at this point? Maybe. So let's talk this one out real quick, Mike, because we, we could talk, you know, we've spoken about Rodriguez at length uh, when we were talking about his projections. We have him projected at 913, but when we projected him, we projected him missing at least two games, right? So let's compound that with the fact that you've got a running back as well who, barring any injury, has to miss no more than two games to be able to even hit that number probably in our mind, that's not even taken into account of any games where he might be banged up or so he'd have to go perfect for the season. So that's a great point when there's a lot of ambiguity about his status to start the season. And like you said, we don't know if it's going to be one game, two, could it be three or four? I, we don't know yet, but our projections through 10 games has him at nine thirteen, which puts him under that projection and he's got to be perfect through all the games after that. What about you, uh, Eric? Let's bounce over to you for another one. Where's your next play at? Uh, going to running back with Michael, I like the under on Sean Tucker, Syracuse at 1,388 and a half yards. Now, last year in 12 games, obviously Syracuse, he rushed about 246 times, which is a heavy college load in 12 games for 1,496 yards, okay? Now, the difference between this year and last year is stark because last year, obviously, you have Schrader. He's back as the quarterback, and they were literally, all they could do was pretty much run the ball. This year, they jettisoned their old uh, offensive coordinator because, frankly, they couldn't score. 
And now they bring in Robert Anai, okay? Offensive coordinator for Virginia, all right? Architect of Virginia's offense, who under him and Bronco Mendenhall over the past few years have been a top five in ter- offense in terms of pass attempts each season. We remember, obviously, Brennan Armstrong, who was coming into the season, still there. And then Bryce Perkins before him. I mean, these are 500 attempts per season plus passing offense. There aren't a lot of those that do that. Um, he's coming in there to Syracuse, tasked with rebuilding this team. If you've seen the way that he has used running backs in the past, nobody in the college fantasy football world has been targeting Virginia running backs over the past three seasons, okay? Nobody. Nobody who's successful at it, at least, okay? They're not cracking 600 yards. That's a miracle if they've done it in the past. I see more of the passing game coming from Sean Tucker. And again, what Michael mentioned, health is obviously an issue. He misses one game, all right? He has to average 116 yards per game for the entire season over 12 straight games. He misses one game. That's it. That average is off, and he's under. Well, too many variables here. You got to go under here on Sean Tucker. We have him under that number at 1176. Eric, this was something that Mike and I talked about with Robert and I coming in. I believe the last, I think the thousand yard rusher he had was the year he inherited the BYU offense the first year. I believe Jamal Williams. I think that's the only time he's had a running back go over a thousand yards for the season. The big question is, how will he adapt play? Will he adapt play calling to his personnel this year? We know what he's getting in Sean Tucker. We know what he's got at quarterback. If you look historically at his offenses, yeah, his running backs haven't been great, but he runs the hell out of his quarterbacks, right? But we're talking Sean Tucker here. And I think that's why guys like myself, like Mike, even you, have been a little gun shy when it comes to drafting Sean Tucker this year for college fantasy football purposes, because it's a little bit of a roll of the dice, knowing uh, knowing Anai's system and his history of production or lack thereof at the running back spot. So that's a good shout right there, Eric. What about Eric? Do you want, I mean, uh, Mike, do you want to take us to our next play? Yeah, I don't have a, a, a lot of like strong running back plays. I think, I mean, I haven't, Again, we're going off the cuff here, so we haven't fully. If we've got green it. on it. We, yeah. we 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 feel it. So let's do it. I like the Zach Charbonnet over personally. Um, I mean, he surpassed the total that he has right now in Prize Picks last year, while essentially splitting carries with Britton Brown. Um, you know, he had 203 carries on the season, but if you look back to to Joshua Kelly when they had a, a workhorse running back, he was averaging, you know, 20, 21, 22 carries a game um, as the full-time workhorse. And, and UCLA doesn't have anybody right now behind Zach Charbonnet. And, and we've seen it in, in all of our uh, college fantasy best balls that we've been part, partaking in. A lot of the community believes in, in him as a first round draft pick this year. So I'd like him to go over that uh, 1,100 yard mark that he's currently listed at. I just think there's nobody that he's really splitting carries with in that UCLA backfield to, to really threaten him to, to get to that mark. It's an interesting point because you and I have Charbonnet ranked high. We have him at 1346 in the projections, which puts him well over that number. That's almost a whole game over. So, you know, where we're talking about with some of these guys where you've got to pay play through the season through an injury, 
based on our projections, Charbonnet may, you may even have the flexibility of him getting dinged up for a game right there. But, you know, it's interesting talking about getting dinged up and not having a lot of proven depth behind him, Mike. Uh, we read in the spring how he really dedicated himself to conditioning, getting his body in shape, and really is set on handling a bigger load this year. And that plays into what you say about Chip Kelly and the history of that offense and riding his running back one. So great point right there. Eric, do you have another one for us? Yeah, I'm going to go over the receiver room. And it's another another under. And it's going to be Jaden Reed for Michigan State. Now, he is – it's not that I don't like the player because I do have shares of Jaden Reed uh, over the course of our best walls that we've been doing. But the line is set is 1,100 yards receiving, 1,100 even point five. And, you know, if you look at what we're talking about, first off, this is a Big Ten team playing a Big Ten schedule. So that always has to be factored in. And I don't see Michigan State being literally the albatross that their secondary was last year, where they allowed something like 30 more yards per game than anyone else in the country in terms of passing yardage. So uh, they were horrible past, in terms of their pass defense. I think the game slows down in that respect. You know, we got Mel Tucker there running the show with the head coach. And he doesn't have Jalen Naylor on the other side, uh, you know, who was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, the NFL draft pick. And he ran, I want to say he ran real fast, like in the four threes or like right at the four, four mark. He was kind of uh, used to stretch the field a good amount. And that would kind of open things up for Reed. Reed is going to be the focal point now of the defense. He's not going to have that. Uh, you know, the burner on the other side, it's going to really put a lot more attention on him. And last year in 12 games, he had 1,028 yards. So I think in terms of the way, you know, they're not going to have Kenneth Walker to be able to, uh, you know, load up the box with eight guys and be able to take those kind of shots that that Peyton Thorne was able to last year. Uh, They only have two returning offensive linemen as well. And even then one of them was injured uh, and coming back their left tackle. So I just think with the turnover that we're getting there at Michigan State to see another appreciable increase for Jaden Reed to over 1,100 yards in the Big Ten, I think that's a, that's a bridge too far. Yeah, it's, you know, it's an interesting point, Eric. We have him projected right at 1,000 yards, right? 1,001 yards. So that puts him uh, you know, under uh, 100 from where, where you've got that play. But a real interesting point about the pace of game, style of play, given that they lose Kenneth Walker the third, right? So – you know, we've got a running back. We don't even know who that running back is going to be. And to your point, you know, there were some plays last year where that passing game really benefited twofold, right? Uh, the defense gave up a ton. And so that offense was on the field quite a bit, but they also had Kenneth Walker, the third that was taking up a lot of the attention from the defense. So that's a real interesting call right there and a great shout. What about you, Mike? Let's go over to you. Oh, wait, one more point. Yeah, go one, ahead. One more point. I just want to get in just a little bit of the schedule yeah. with Michigan State and another you know, reasoning for this. Uh, in terms of their elective games, you know, they play their particular, uh, the Big Ten East, but they draw out of the West, Wisconsin and Minnesota, two very tough defenses yep. to play slow style of football. And in their off-conference slate, they have to go to Washington, who had the number one pass defense in the country last year. So the schedule isn't being kind to them either. And that's on top of Ohio State, who brings in Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State is going to shore them up a little bit too. So it's just that's to put Good a little point. more context in. Yep. Michael, over to you. Where's your next play? You got one more? Yeah. There's honestly like the I, 
I don't know how you feel, Eric, but I feel like the best plays were at quarterback and, and running back here. Um, the numbers, I think if you compare to our projections, are a little bit tighter at wide receiver. I'm going to go with a like a, a college fantasy play here. In Parker, Washington, set at almost 1,000 uh, receiving yards. Um, you hear this a lot with college fantasy. It's all about the system, right? And with Mike Yersich, the offensive coordinator at Penn State, every single year, it's essentially his wide receiver one is the outside receiver. And I, I personally believe that Parker Washington is probably the best uh, receiver on Penn State, probably going to be the, 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 the best pro of that group. Um, but, but we trust the system and, and he's a slot receiver essentially, right? I don't have his slot percentage numbers, but, but that's, that's what he is as a slot receiver. And, and Mike Yersich favors the outside receivers and that's Mitchell Tinsley, Keandre Lambert Smith, right? One of those two guys is likely to, based on the system to end up as wide receiver one. And, and we, you probably mentioned this, we have Parker Washington projected around 780, I think, receiving. 768 so, actually right now. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and speaks to it again, we're always hunting for the under. So I think with the system, it's, it's usually the outside receiver. That's the primary guy with Mike Yersich. I'm, I'm going to lean the under with, with Parker Washington. But that's why a play like this and getting in early is so good, right? I mean, for us that follow the college fantasy football, uh, the, the position, the, the systems, this is one of those plays, Mike, where, where guys line up and maybe the number doesn't exactly match the position of where the guy fits in this system. And it could be, the, you know, maybe this is us being able to take advantage of, of, of you know, maybe prize picks being a little inaccurate with their assessment of where the positions line up, right? absolutely yep eric do you have another one for us uh if i if i have to get one more i would say and to uh, yeah. add some color to mike's point parker yep. washington 91 percent slot percentage rate last season 97 percent the season before but as we know you know Yersich, that's that's what he's using that maybe he pushes him out because dawson's there we didn't see that in spring so it would right. be uh it would be a different move than we are expecting at least depth chart wise one more, if I had to go one more, uh, going, as Mike said, you know, it's kind of tough on the receivers. Uh, yeah, I think they're pretty good. I'll go back to the quarterback, somebody we talked about a little bit. Hendon Hooker is at a pretty fair line, considering this is the Josh Heupel-led attack. 29-68 is his number. Now, he threw four last year. It's it's pr- very, very close to what he did last year, 29 40 five last year so they're going by that but you know you got to keep in mind uh first game against bowling yep. green that they won 38 to 6 mr H- mr hooker threw one pass because joe milton was starting that's uh, right the, the following game against Pitt, he takes over at halftime because joe's, joe milton stinks and he, and he leads uh you know a, a comeback and he looks great doing it um so he wasn't in, and then, you know, he, he had to get up to speed. He only played a little bit against Tennessee Tech. And he had, so he wasn't clicking on full cylinders. He's coming in as a backup, not getting the starters reps, and still went and had a great season after taking over. He's coming in as the starter, fully entrenched. Unless he gets hurt, nobody's taking his job, and he's got a fleet of wide receivers, you know, Hyatt, Brew McCoy comes in, obviously Cedric Tillman, who tore up Georgia for almost 200 yards. Um, 
he that Josh Heupel system is in place and it is proven and they take shots downfield, spread it out, beat them deep. And I think that 2968 for Hendon Hooker, if he's healthy, it's, it's I think that's that's happening. You know, Eric, that's that, that's an interesting point because when Mike and I were kind of looking at the projections that we did early in the year, to your point, there were yards left on the table considering that Hooker didn't play a full 12 games last year. We have him at 32, 46 right now. So that's a that's 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 a pretty comfortable margin. Yard over. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a pretty comfortable margin over. right there, and a great point that you brought out with you know the efficiency he played with last year. He does does get. To, you know, the top target Tillman back this year. They still got some other weapons there with Jalen Hyatt, who seems to be much improved. They brought in Brew McCoy as well. And I know that there's some other young guys in the system, but that's a, that's a good shout right there. Thank you, my brother. Uh, what, one one yep. that I kind of wanted to just close out on for me personally is uh, kudos to prize picks for Brennan Armstrong's uh, prop at 3,300 yards. Um I mean, we would have just hammered the over, right? At, at 3,300 yards, he threw for 4,400 yards last year in 11 games, right? We would have just hammered the over. Kudos to them for igno- or basically acknowledging that uh, there's a system change there. And it's debate, like it makes you think at least the 3,300 this year, um, whether or not he can reach that or not. I, our projections have him over at this point i think by like 400 yards but i'm tentative to place that over just because i'm personally not a believer this year in that virginia offense well i think for virginia mike just something we touched on and you're right we're we're at 37 75 for armstrong but it's something you and i have gone back and forth with in the spring you read the tea leaves they want to stay balanced but their personnel seems to dictate that man i think at the end of the day, they're, they're, the strength and personnel is going to be throwing the football, and you just wonder if they're going to revert back there, which is why we're a little bit more on the over on that yeah. um, as well. Here's an interesting question, though, as we get as we wrap this up. Any numbers that you guys have looked at uh, over the last hour or two that that, that you kind of that you thought was really interesting, where you 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 maybe have to go back and give it a a look again, maybe. Any guys right there on the line that you were kind of contemplating and maybe you're going to kind of go take a deeper dive? Eric? <laughs> uh, for, okay, for me? I, I, like, uh, was, there, was there one or two that really like, uh, you know, maybe I'll pull uh, the know, trigger, but I'm not sure yet. I got to look at it. You know, tempts me. I, it's a big line. But I, as I talked to, to Mike, man, Braylon Allen, hmm? he's at 1328. So that's, you know, a little over 100 yards a game for him. Yeah. I see him. I mean, he, when he got, Malusi went down and he got the bulk, he was smashing 100 yards every single game for Wisconsin. And he's, you know, he's, they view him as being a Jonathan Taylor type. He's just going to get fed and he's just going to bowl over teams. And that's so I kind of, I like Braylon Allen. What do you guys have him for in terms of his yardage this season? Thirteen thirty-five. Oh wow! So it's right. It's just a slight over. It's, okay, so it's, yeah, it's no, pretty no. much on that number. But to your point, Eric, you know this is one of those players. You know Braylon Allen in a Wisconsin system is a high ceiling type guy, right? I mean, when those guys go over, they obliterate the over. Uh, you know the rushing yards. Uh, you know th- they ride their horse, man. 
What about you, Mike? Any number you saw that kind of stuck out to you where you kind of maybe gave some second thought? Yeah, I, I preface this by saying, and, and all three of us would, would agree, we love Rashin Ali. We love Rashin yeah. Ali, right? Oh, we all have some Rashin Ali. You know I have some Rashin yeah. Ali. We've stolen some shares from Rashin Ali. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, 1,400 yards again for a Marshall running back just seems high for me, right? I think they bring one, maybe two starters uh, back along the offensive line. Um, you got to change a quarterback. They have a change at offensive coordinator, which, you know, you'd have to do a deeper dive if it's Charles Huff's offense or, or if they're going to alter it under, I believe, Clint Trickett's the new offensive coordinator. But um, just old friend Clint Trickett, former they, West Virginia quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's just a lot of changing parts where I'm like, uh, is he going to replicate what he did last year being the sole focus of that offense in a big, in a better conference in the Sun Belt, where defenders and opposing defenses know that he is the guy that we need to key in on. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a point for, as a reference point at the CFF sites projections, we have Ali at 1253. And I think we all three would agree that Ali is one of those dual threat guys, right? He can catch the ball out of the backfield. We've got him projected for 33 catches. He had a ton of catches last year. He can do it both on the ground and through the air. But for the prop bet, that number that they have him at does come in uh, much higher than where we have Ali. Look, guys, this was fun. This was really kind of off the cuff. We didn't really take but maybe five minutes before we got on here to kind of say, this is how we're going to do it. But this is some of the stuff that we like to do that we want to get into. And Mike and Eric, I know you guys had done some shows last year on Saturday mornings. Uh, look, if you're not following these guys on Twitter, in our Discord, following the projections, give Froton a follow, Mike a follow. They are great at these prop bets. They're going to be doing it all year, and these guys make money. And that's what it comes down to, right, guys? I mean, it comes down to making money putting putting food on the table so listen that's it we want to get this show uploaded guys so let's let's kind of shut this down you know eric you can find eric over at nbc sports you can find him on twitter at cf froton that's f-r-o-t-o-n of course my partner mike bainbridge you know where to find him at the cff site we've got all the 2022 content details loaded on the site and we're referencing the projections you're going to need those or you're going to want those if you're going to get into prop betting this year. But for Eric, for my partner, Mike Bainbridge, my name is Joe DeSalvo with the CFF site. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you guys soon.